Cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of the Ancient Illumination series and the Umbani Chronicles, and I am joined once again by Andrea Rose Washington. Hello! She is the author of Adlithia, Elendo, and Almond Tree's Magic. So if you like sci-fi and fantasy, please go and check her stuff out where you can find the books. I believe they're on Amazon, correct? Amazon and at ARWbooks.com. Awesome. Today, we are continuing our talk on the sandman on netflix that uh i think it was august something that it got released it was was, i think the fifth of august yeah yeah around that time based on the um graphic novels that neil gaiman did in uh conjunction i'm I'm not sure which kind it's dark horse right that did there yeah yeah dark horse um, so we're doing episodes three and four today. So if you have not at least watched up until that point, please put this on pause, go watch them and come back. So spoiler alert, if you continue listening, uh, we're talking about episode three, which is titled Dream a Little Dream of Me. And we get introduced to Joanna Constantine. But uh, I'm, I'm American, so I'm going to say Constantine <laughs> here on now. So please forgive me if I'm offending in a any of our people in the UK. Uh, I like this character. She's interesting to me. And she happens to have his sand, I believe, mm-hmm. in her possession. At least, I forget in the first two episodes how he comes to that conclusion that she had the sand. The three fates are the ones. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the fates. Because, yeah, you know, he, he's, he's trying to get his vestments back and... Joanna is apparently an exorcist. She uses the demons and sends them back to hell. And we open up with uh... it's like a split. Like we open up with one scene that sort of cuts to another. And you know, I didn't realize at first how much you know. It doesn't tell us how much time passed between scene one and scene two. But we see that her husband has made everything worse. Or her daughter's father. I won't say her husband. I don't know if they were married. But she did say stay with your father. Oh, you think that was Joanna's kid? That was that was Joanna's kid? That well that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was I don't think so because oh. she said it was like it was like Aston like last time when mommy died. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think the girl's name was Astra or something like that. Yeah. It yeah. was just that was her father. That was the little girl's father. Yeah. And so that was a weird scenario because he, he she wakes old boy up on the ground. He's like, we're just having a bit of fun. They got the pentagram on the ground. And we were, oh, yeah, by uh, summoning demons. Huh? You're having a bit of fun. <laughs> and yeah, I don't bad. understand how that is considered fun. Like, why would anyone want to summon randomly, for fun, summon a demon? Like, all of TV and movies and books and just history say, don't do that. Don't do that, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't summon a, a demon who could be all-powerful, whose whole goal of this is trick you and ruin your life because you want something special. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. And then I'm thinking that, that 
opening scene with her is actually a dream that she has later on. So I think uh, mm-hmm. dream actually uh, Morpheus confirms that he's like that's not a dream, that's a memory. Oh, because she did wake up in the car. Yeah, and the guy was like, "We're here." Yeah, and then she's gone her way to the vicar. Something's got to do with the Vatican, and I was like, "Why is she avoiding?" She didn't want to do it if it was having anything to do with the royals. That was interesting. Um, because we saw, well, so I guess you know, it could get messy and people can die. And it's one yeah. thing to kill, to accidentally kill a regular person, a commoner, uh, <laughs> by demon, ex- um, by exercising a demon out of a body. But if you yeah. kill like a royal family member, you can't really hide that. They're like, oh, wait, where did the princess or prince or king or queen or royal duke, cousin, whatever? Yeah. Where did they go? Says. He's like, because yeah, they're they're messy and one wrong something goes wrong. I have a dead princess on my hand and no one's here to pay my fee. Uh, and she all about the money and I ain't mad yes, about she that. <laughs> She's like, who's gonna pay me if I kill her by accident? Yeah. So that was a weird that was a, that was an interesting uh scene with her, and then they go back to John D being grilled by his mom and she finally opens up and tells him the truth about how things come and we learn a little bit more about him mm-hmm. apparently he was the one that stole the ruby from her and we already know from the past episode that she had traded the helm for that uh, amulet of protection that, that was yeah that was a weird that was a weird scenario that whole mother-son dynamic is very interesting because when she tells him that your father wanted me to abort you, he's like, that's the first time you've ever been honest with me. And it it always goes into the trope of parents, quote unquote, protecting their child, like not telling them the truth, but in actuality, like you always put them in more danger because they don't trust you because they know they're lying, like you're lying to them. And makes you wonder if she had just told her son from the get-go, this is what's going on, would he have stolen the ruby? Or would he have trusted her? Because if he knows her so well to know when she's lying, he's like, he always knew they were lying when they were running from town to town and changing their name. Yeah. Um, like, oh, if you just told him the truth, he wouldn't have stolen from you. <laughs> Did you feel like Ethel just gave up? I feel like she... It's one of those things where it's like, you know, you've lived... Have you seen the movie Time? With uh, the one that had, the, where they had, the, they live and paid by time on their arms and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like at, uh, there was one character there who was like, basically, you know, the human body is not meant to live over a certain amount of time. And I felt like maybe she was like, look, I've lived a long life. If I'm going to go out, this amulet can only protect one of us. I don't want you to go after the ruby because she knows that the salmon gets it by force and not by them willingly giving it over they're going to die. And if if they can only have one thing to protect them, I felt she, like she wanted to protect her son. She, she said she had 116 years. Yeah. I, I so feel like she was time. trying to deflect and, and stop him from... Because his plan is like, how about we just get the ruby and then dream yeah. and make a wish to wish that the Sandman don't exist. Uh, she's like, I don't know if it works. You don't exactly. use his own stuff. Yeah, it's not going to work like that. So how about you just take this name of protection now you don't need the ruby. And that was quick when she gave the ruby up and they kind of hug and embrace and then back up and she just got old quick. She's like Benjamin buttoned on him. <laughs> <laughs> Aged real quick. 
died right there. And the amulet of protection was protecting boy. Cause when she used it on the Corinthian, it just sent him back to dream. Like he ended yeah, up it, it, it like killed him in a sense that he only was able to come back because he was able to get back to the dream world because he's not human. Mm. Like if he wasn't able to go back there, I feel like it probably would have killed him. Yeah, but I thought that was something special to specifically to him. him. Yeah. I don't know why they would do that for like everyone. Yeah, but they just like splattered though. But because but there were no remnants of him there. When when he goes away, he just goes away. Yeah. Them, they're just like splattered on the wall. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> the two the two security guards in the in the mm-hmm. elevator, and he's just like looking at them. I'm like, oh man, why don't you just let me go? It's like, oh, this ain't gonna happen. Um, at the end of the before. Uh, when we go back to Joanna Constantine, we get introduced to the new Raven, uh, Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. And he's played by Patrick Oswald, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's voicing the... So that was kind of funny, because he was like, a few hours ago, I was a man, and apparently I died, and I woke up, I had thumbs, and now I got these. <laughs> like, I had thumbs. Where do they go? <laughs> um, I... I didn't realize the guy's voice was going to be this way the entire time. The Sandman's voice. And it's a little... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm... I thought it was going to only be monologues and not when he was actually speaking be the same timber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought only in the monologues his voice would be like that. And then maybe in the very beginning while he was like getting his bearings, it was going to sort of stay like that. But... I didn't realize every single time he spoke, it was going to be the monologue, monotone voice. And I don't, I don't know if I'm liking it yet. I don't know if I'm liking the voice. I, I enjoyed episode three more than I enjoyed episode one or two. Okay. But I'm, I just needed more, I don't know, inflection. It's like listening to an audiobook and you stop yeah, because exactly. of the it's a, it's like, narration like, voice. Eventually, I need a little bit of inflection. I need something to keep me engaged besides just the action. Yeah. And his voice, it's just not doing it for me. I'm so sorry, people. I'm so sorry. You don't like it? I like it, but I, it's a bit, it, it can be a bit much because it's continuing and it's not even, there's like no conversational tone. He's actually talking, you know, it's still that same timber and, and kind of stiffness to the quality of his speech. Um, Antonia says, I think the voice fits the character. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it takes some getting used to. I I don't mind it. Um, he does seem a bit stiff sometimes when he's, when he's talking to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, the interactions with him and Joanna Constantine were funny. Uh, she's like, oh, you just think you're going to order me around? Is that Does that usually work for you? He's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> the scene with her exercising the demon that actually was in the brother, the soccer player. I didn't see that coming. The prince, the princess really seemed like she was the one who was um, possessed. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really see it being that guy. He was so happy and joyful and actually emoted, so, showed some emotion and that, she's like, yes, I want to get married. And he kept like, are you sure? Don't you want there to be paparazzi or something else kind of there? Thing, we? <laughs> we got another no comment. No for us. <laughs> so I can't comment on anything else. Hilarious. 
Yeah, I was I was surprised a little bit, but I kind of knew when he started kind of flipping out. Yeah. I was curious, I'm like, why did she choose to put the priest collar on to pretend to be a priest to marry them instead of just having the vicar do so? Because she's officially a member of the church and she could just be a witness or whatever and do the same thing. But I guess in order to give her Latin incantations, she had to be, I guess that she had to be the one sitting there having them say things. Uh, I think it kept their guard down because they wanted it to be in private. And so uh, I feel like if the demon that was inside of him saw that there was someone sort of watching it when they wanted this to be a private event. True. um, Makes sense. He kept their guard down. Like, oh yeah, I'm marrying you and I want you to say these incantations. And she probably has a little bit more of a power than the priest and the vicar does because they call, I I guess she's on rotation. Like she's on speed dial for them. So... It's like, hey, you're quick. For us, it may take us a couple hours, but you can just do it real quick with just the cross and a few Latin phrases. Yeah. yeah it was an interesting episode. That was an interesting part with what that demon calling about a homeboy <laughs> and just ripping him apart. And she's like, Kevin, I'm like, uh, Kevin gone. <laughs> and now I understand why she was like, if it goes wrong, I have a dead princess on my hand. Like, you don't survive. Ooh, yeah. You don't survive. That would happen to her. Yeah. Yeah. I when I saw the hand come out, I was like, "Oh, he's not going to survive this." <laughs> um, that was a very, that's one of the most gruesome exorcisms, very like of a demon coming out of a body that I've ever seen. I don't like a television. Yeah. Normally, it's like a spirit or like they're throwing a vomit or something, but to actually have a body come out of his body was yeah. For all the complaints people have been uh, on other shows as far as CG and effects, this one has some pretty nice effects to it, I think. Yeah. It's been, they put some money into this show, which is curious. I'm hearing rumors floating around that they haven't yet been contracted for a second season. I wonder if that has to do with viewership, because it's obvious they put some money on it. Mm-hmm. Also, I think um, Warner Brothers uh, owns this show, technically. So I wonder if it doesn't get set up for a second season on Netflix, will they just put it on HBO, HBO Max, whatever? Well, depending on what's going with HBO Max, we don't know. Like they can't even get their Batman movie, Batgirl movie happening at HBO Max right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Though. If, they, if their slate gets smaller because everything gets canceled, then they just, hey, we won't renew it with Netflix. We'll just port this over here to continue it, try and, and 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 maybe simultaneously siphon off some viewership that may have been interested in Netflix watching it and knowing it's not available there and maybe available here. Something like I think do. they did that with Pennywolf. Penny Pennywise? No, Pennywise. Pennywise. Batman. Oh, the Butlers. The Butlers. Yeah. yeah. It was on Epic first and now it's on HBO Max. Yeah. So yeah, that the, the demon gets exorcised. Tonight's the unfortunate episodic release because a new episode was just added. Yeah, they did. They did uh, release a new episode. Of the Sandman? No, no, no. On on Netflix, they just added a, uh, another episode to the Sandman, which apparently has some real significance to the graphic novel comic series uh, with cats or something. I'm, I haven't. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be good and not uh, watching it. Head. Yeah, but I've seen people posting about it online. Um, so yeah, they, they exercise the demon, and then uh, Constantine obviously gets followed. 
and, and, and Matthew tries to keep, you know, hey, I'm going to stay with you. He's trying to get rid of him. And as he's trying to get rid of him, Constantine shakes him. And of course, because she falls asleep again, he's able to just follow her because she's fast asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows up and she suddenly remembers after kind of going through her messy apartment where she left the sand. What do you think of that part? So I thought seeing her trying to exercise that demon in her memory and then seeing the stupid little girl walking into the room when you see all that crazy stuff happening and it's like, <laughs> little girl, get out of this room. Yeah. And she didn't listen and she got trapped and then she tried to, like to see her just holding the front press of her arm, like elbows, like not even all the way up to her elbow. Yeah. Was just sort of heartbreaking. And I can sort of tell part of her personality, like the way that she is so like, um, closed off from everyone else is probably because of that. Because you can tell the way her just holding that little hand. Yeah. It's different when you lose a kid than when you lose an adult. And yeah. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the next part where she gets, uh, she calls it her ex, but it's like she just left. Like she never, yeah. they never officially broke up. She like, went to a job and just never went back. And she happened to leave the sand with uh, Rachel Moody, which was the girl's apartment they go to. And after watching this scenario play out, I'm like, who let Constantine into the apartment? Because you find out later on that she's actually dreaming. All that apology stuff when she's talking mm-hmm. to her at the doorway, I don't think that actually happened. She's dreaming. Oh, you know, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But so he came who, in through her dream. He came in, but who let yeah. Constantine up? So she buzzed the buzzer and someone buzzed her Oh, in. yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because it had to be her. So I'll say this. So it did it did look like when they found her that she has like aware, a little bit of an awareness, but not control, not full control. Yeah. Or it's like an addict. Like you don't really, she's addicted to the sand. So maybe that, she dreamed about opening, like opening the buzzer because she wants the re- reunion and that's why it happened. Yeah, I'm thinking the sand had to somehow incorporate, yeah. buzz her in because when in the midst of their kind of apology, not apology scenario, the image of her falls into sand and that's when dream reappears in front of her and she, she and he tells her to wake up. So like, oh, she's yeah. dreaming. So I'm like, well, who, who let her in? And then you see old girl, you know, like you said, she's incapacitated, laying on the bed, looking cracked out with the with the pouch still in her hand. <laughs> like skin and literal bones. Like it was, I wasn't expecting to see her in that state. Yeah. And he's like, it was never meant for human because like humans are not, can, can, can't handle this. Yeah. And she was fighting, like, she didn't eat, hadn't drank, it was nothing, it was literally a sack, a skeleton. Yeah, sitting in that bed, wasting away. And then, weirdly enough, when, when it's obvious that Rachel's gonna die, at first, Jonah Constantine takes no accountability, at least not to to dream at first. She tries to, to him, blame on like, him. Well, she's like, yo, well, you just said, you know, this is what you're gonna do? You're trying to save humanity? Well, here she is. And he's like, I'm not the one who left her with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then finally she kind of, but she doesn't say it to him, she says it to Rachel as she knows she's about to die when she leaves the room, like I shouldn't have left. 
I shouldn't have left yeah. it with you. I'm so sorry. And that's when she takes her accountability for it and gets, you know, leaves the room. Uh, so my boy, she passes away and he lets her go in a peaceful dream. And he's got his sand. So he's got two of the three things now. He's got his sand and he's, he's got... Well, no, that was the sand. No, got, no yeah, that's next episode. That's episode four. He, he's got one thing. He's got, he's got yeah. the sand back now. He has the sand back. Yeah. And he thanked Constantine by taking away her nightmares. The, the, yeah. Her dreaming that memory. Because that, yeah, um, I do like an earlier when he's like, if, they, if I'm destroyed, um, she's like, well, I need a good night's sleep. And he's like, you'll never have a good night's sleep. If yeah, I'm not as long as <laughs> you ain't sleeping no time. We're going to make um, about that. And so then to go from, you're never going to have another good night's sleep. And we know that he uses sleep as a punishment for people, keeping them in constant. Uh, we saw that he did that to uh, Alex in the first episode, um, that he's in 100 years of constant, fitful sleep to like, I'm going to bless you with some good, deep sleep. And I'm going to be honest, I would love to have that. A nice, restful night every night. <laughs> yeah. Antonio Washington's live commentary, perhaps letting your fantasies negatively consume your life. Yeah, that's TikTok. I just had a limit on that. I was addicted. Yeah. So, yeah, we get the end of that episode with him finally getting his sand, and then he lets lets Matthew know that they're going to have to go to hell. I think before that, though, we see John D. after he escapes, hitches a ride. He gets a ride. and then that they, we save the rest of that say, conversation for next episode because I got some things to say about old girl. I, so, so do I. <laughs> so do I. Because <laughs> she did the thing you don't do. Yeah. And of course, as soon as John gets freed, Corinthian shows up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's on it. He's he's trying to be you know whoever he thinks can take out Dream. He's gonna try and team up with them. He tried to team up with moms. And she wasn't going for it, sent his ass back to dreams, the dream mm-hmm. state. And so now he's like, well, she must be out the picture. I got one more I could try. Man, it's, it's getting kind of crazy. It's interesting. I like it a lot so far. Um, let's take a quick break mm-hmm. and come back. And then we will talk about the next episode, episode four, A Hope in Hell. Talk to you in a second. Welcome back to the second half of the Ascari cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, and I'm joined once again by Andrea Rose Washington. Hello. We are continuing our talk about the Sandman we just discussed in the first half, episode three, Dream a Little Dream of Me. And now we're going to episode four, A Hope in Hell, where we see a Dream or Morpheus and Matthew arrive in hell. <laughs> It's it's a different rendition. I mean, obviously, we get some yeah. of the same tropes of things. It's ashen. It's, it's except for uh, Matthew says that I didn't know it would be cold because he doesn't know that it's actually a real place. But before they leave, he's like, "Are you being metaphorical or actual hell? Hell?" He's like, "Yeah, no, we're going to hell for real." And uh, it's kind of desolate. Obviously, it looks really dirty. And he's like, "How do we find our way?" He's like, 
I guess we uh, need to follow the dance. So there's like a procession of people with lanterns. I think when we get a close-up look, they have like these weird baskets on their backs with fire. And then Matthew's like, you mean to tell me you have to bring your own fire to hell? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a funny character. They're walking up and what do you think of the doorbell? Like the literal like being stuck in the wall to give him it, the- <laughs> I'll say this. It was a very much digestible version of hell. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, because like how do you imagine something like that, whether you believe in it or not? Like, how do you imagine that? And this was a very I'll say very believable imagine imagination imagining of it but yeah. also an imagining that I never want to ever like go to <laughs> yeah. it was very much uncomfortable to see the little figure stick out hand him the little stick to hit the gong and then go right and back then, like, go back in it was just like it's just like misery yeah like that's dude's job for eternity just to be the, the hander of this little hammer to the- it's not if you're like in hell, that's not really the worst job ever. No, no, like, and there were a bunch of bodies around that doorway in the wall, just embedded. And when he hit the little doorbell, all the bodies kind of moved. That was it was weird. It was different. And then we get yeah. uh, Squatter Bloat, the demon, who I guess is the doorman. He was funny because he was talking in rhymes the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's one at the door. <laughs> See, thug or whore. There's always room for one more. There's one at the door. He was very much uncomfortable to look at. Yeah, yeah. I think purposefully so, I think. Pur- yeah, purposely so. But, like, he was very much uncomfortable to look at. It was... You, uh, go ahead. Did you notice that in response, finally, when uh, Morpheus asked to come in, he also replied in rhyme? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are they having a rap battle? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, it's... That demon was just—I think I may have blocked out some of his stuff for that demon because he just looked so disgusting. Especially when he turned around, you could see part of his back and arrows were sticking out. I was like, okay, this is sort of a little disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure he was leading them somewhere that they weren't supposed to go at first. When, yeah. Especially when he disappeared in the fog. I was like, oh, what's happening now? Oh boy, just and, disappeared. And Matthew's like, I'm gonna fly up. And never mind when he sees like all the dead bodies at the top. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope, nope not doing that. Not doing that. Not doing that. <laughs> and then yeah. we like. They, they, so like I think they pause there and send us back to John, which the uh, last first half of this, he finds uh, Miss Rosemary almost hits him in the street and decides she's gonna just let him hitch a ride with her. Ain't no way on God's green earth that you will ever catch me letting some man that I don't know off the street in my car by myself with with the dog. Yeah. And y'all know the dog is mine? No. 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 Honey, it's night. He's in his pajamas. Yeah. He doesn't know where he is. Yeah. You don't know anything about this person. You are not an Uber driver. You have nothing to say. Like, no one knows. Yeah. You broke all the rules of being a female. Like but not only that, aren't they like he just 
broke out of a mental institution from everything gathered. Yeah. So wouldn't you know there was one like near, unless it's like a super secret mental institution, but there's one quite, he couldn't have gone that far away from where he just walked out of the building. And um, it didn't look residential. So he's in his slippers. Why is he in his slippers in the middle of a city? Cause it looked like he was in the middle of a city. Yeah. I am definitely going to say that's like, oh, do you need me to call someone for you? Okay, let me go ahead and call. Let me, let me, do you, I'll, I can call you an Uber. And, yeah. But you're not getting in my car. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, she was asking too many damn questions and then giving up too much information about herself. Because not only she was asking him and just letting him just answer, then you, uh, you know, confirm that you got two little girls and you confirm all this other personal information. Yes, <laughs> not even stopping. Not even stopping. Not even stopping. Yeah, that was just that was bugging me. It's like, why are you asking this dude all these questions? Why don't you just if you if you took that risk, why don't you just drop him off wherever he needs to go and then don't say and nothing? It, and it seemed like it was a drive. Like yeah. On the directions, it seemed like it was like a long enough drive where it was believable that she needed to stop for gas. And I wanted to be like, honey, I know you ain't getting scared now. You're the one who suggested giving him a ride. Yeah. Well, no, she was looking at the, if you look at the, the scene, she looks at the gas gauge and realize she's still got like three quarters of a tank left. So she's almost at full. So she doesn't really need to get gas, but she's, she's searching for some way to get out of the car and tell. No, no, no. I meant for him. Like believable enough that he believes you need to get gas. Like it's far enough away for him to believe. Yeah. Cause he seemed to be kind of out of it, not even really knowing where he was. He knew, he knew Mayhew. And she says, that's on my way. I live in Cumberland. Like, too much information to be given. You don't even know where I live. Giving up right now. Where are you from? Over there. Where are yeah. you going? Over there. Yeah. Next to my neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Nothing about me. Yeah. When people ask me where I live, I say Washington, D.C. I do not live in D.C., but that's all y'all need to know. <laughs> yeah. So she starts kind of freaking out, and she, she fumbles the bag trying to dial nine one one with the GPS thing and then that does, but I'm like wouldn't he have heard is it yeah. gonna be like speakerphone if you call it right there while it's because usually when you have your GPS on your phone it's like in hands free mode so even if you may call so he would have heard what was she gonna say if nine one one picked up like that wasn't gonna go well I that whole situation I think out of everything on this show, that was the most unbelievable scene you I've ever seen. The dog? Huh? I'm wondering if she maybe thought the dog, some people feel like animals can tell when nope. there are bad people. And so Susie wasn't tripping in the car, then she's like, well, maybe he's an all right person. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to give her some benefit of that. It was she all ain't got crazy. none. Because I, 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 you this this is this is 2022 we do not let random people into our cars off the street that we don't know he didn't even lie and say oh i know this so-and-so oh you know so-and-so i know so-and-so okay go ahead get in my car they're good people they want to be your friends if yeah. like you are a bad person wasn't even any of that it was straight up oh i almost hit you well let me give you a ride somewhere nah yeah i'm a nah. i'm a big dude i'm not picking no stranger up male or female just on, on GP. I gave one random girl a ride to a bus stop from a doctor's office and I only did it because I had someone on speakerphone the entire time. Oh, wow. And like the bus drive the bus 
route was within sight of the doctor's office, but she had a, she had like a long a long freaking cast on her leg, okay. and she was gonna have to do crutches all the way down. That was mm. the I was like, look, if something happens, I can beat you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can overpower me in that long like in that brace and those crutches. You ain't like I would win. Yeah. And even then, I had someone on speakerphone the entire time because you never know who people know who might be texting. Oh, I'm a, I'm in this car. Follow. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, that, that, that was that was a crazy. They, they give us a break. They send us back to hell with uh, Morpheus and Matthew, and they finally make. Who I wanted I wanted to see more about this uh, Nada character when when he goes up the spire. <laughs> And then the dark skin. Then he was black. Like yeah. it, her from her perspective, looking at him, and I see this black dude with dreads and dark skin. I was like, was Dream like? Did he change? Did Morpheus change forms throughout time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Like, I'm gonna get the, get the comics now just to see if if that's how it is there. I was like, who's his brother? And he was speaking in his voice, but it was a brother, obviously. I I'm bit. Do, do you get to change races? Like, is that something that you can do? Because at first I thought she was dreaming and saw a reflection of the person she was dreaming about on him because he's like, you know, the god of dreams. Yeah. But when he was like, oh, no, that's not if she was the leader of the first people. She betrayed me. Yeah. You were in love and she betrayed me. Wait, what? Yeah. I was like, whoa, I want I want that story. I want to let's, let's go back to the first people and see when when Morpheus was rolling around as a brother. Let's, yeah. I was like, okay, that's that's and good. like it's ten thousand years. Yeah. And you have yet to forgive her. So what did she really do? Yeah, yeah. She defied me. I'm like, hmm, okay. Like and she's in hell for it? Yeah. I still love you, but I have yet to forgive you. So you just have to sit there and hold that. I was like, damn, that's cold. That's so cold. <laughs> Yeah, so they finally make their way up to the top and then shoot through some other area and find their way to the palace uh, where Lucifer is. And we get to meet their rendition of Lucifer, played by Gwendolyn Christie from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, she's so yeah, on she, it. yeah, she was on it. And, and she's. It was interesting to see her and when he finally gets around to asking what he wants to ask to try and get the helm and try and find the demon, she's trying to play him like, well, let's summon all of them since you don't know his name. And then he's like, no, I don't, I don't need to, you know, shall we ask them all one by one? Is it just like a plethora of myriad of demons waiting down there? He's like, no, that won't be necessary. And she thinks he's like leaving. Like you give up so easily. He's like, no, I don't, you know, I'm not giving up. He's I got my sandbag. I can find that, which is mine, which is in hell. And he mm -hmm. summons the demon, and he. This was the kind of. It was a, I should have seen this one coming when when old boy was like, "We're gonna challenge, basically challenge you to a duel." You know, if I if you win, you get your helm back. But if I win, you get to be my slave for eternity in hell. I'm like, man, this is kind of high stakes. And old boy was quick to be like, "I'll accept the terms." And then they're like, "Well, who's your champion?" He's like, well, I'm gonna be my champion. I'll, I'll, I'll fight for myself. And then I was like, oh, I was like, he's gonna pull something. He's like, Lucifer, I, I, I choose you, sire. I'm like, oh. Did you see how fast her fit changed? Mm-hmm. When he turned around, she was in all the little white gown, and then she comes up and she's in the black with the tight collar. Like, 
let's no get down to business. Yeah, I was like, ooh, but it was kind of funny. Uh, it was like trial by philosophical combat. <laughs> and it was, I feel like. It was a skill, confidence, and transformation were the three things. I feel like the only way that could really work is if you both guessed without knowing the other person's guess. Because she de- she started as a dire wolf, and then he was like, I'm a hunter then. But it's like, if it's like the second person can always one-up the first person. Yeah, she kind of played herself by going first purposely. Yeah. Because unless like unless you write it on a sheet of paper and it's like, all right, look, this is my thing for the first one. This is my thing for the first one. And then you put it up there not knowing what the other one picked. I feel like that's an easier or a more fair way of fighting. But I guess you also in hell, so it doesn't matter if you're fair or not. But who would ever want to go first? Because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm... I'm a die wolf. Oh, well, I'm the best hunter there is. Oh, look, you died. Antonia, yes, uh, I have seen American Gods. And she says, uh, the gods changed with the time, so that wasn't too off, far off for me to see him appear in a way that reflects the things that worship and interact with him. That's fair. Um, but fair. I believe American Gods, um, they basically showed them how they came to America from each land that they had, you know, reached over here. So they didn't change that. I don't think they changed that drastically. Like uh, my favorite one, uh, played by Orlando Jones, Mr. Nancy, Anansi. Um, he was in his whole form the entire time. He didn't, he wasn't white at any time and then changed back to black for that, you know. Um, Odin, of course, I think changed many times. That's part of his, that's part of his thing to kind of change forms every once in a while. Um, who else is in there? You didn't watch that show? You didn't have Showtime? I did not. Have, I did not. Yeah, I don't have stars. And yeah. every time I get it, I don't have it long enough to where I can like sit there and watch it. And I don't want to like only... And I, I, I never get stars long enough. I always do it for like the free weekends. I mean, I finished the episodes of American Gods, but when I knew that... Um, Anansi wasn't coming back after the last season. Uh, I just canceled. I was like, yo, I'm done with y'all. <laughs> he was my favorite character. He was my favorite one of all of them. Took you a while to get into it? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I can say that. Okay. That's cool. Um, um, but yeah, so the fight between Lucifer and Morpheus was just. I won't say anticlimactic because it was interesting to see the way that they were sort of fighting in this dream world that they were in because like they weren't actually fighting but yeah. they were actually feeling the effects of the attacks on them. Yeah. Um, but it just again seemed like they should do stuff at the same time versus someone repeating someone saying something and then someone replying. Yeah. I think I have the feeling that she let him have it because she felt like she was going to keep him there anyway. There was, in her mind, it seemed like there is no winning because it was kind of really abrupt when, when she just gave up at hope and was like, left it at that. And then she was like, on, give him the hell. I'm like, you didn't have anything to battle hope? Was, it, was there no answer you could come up with? I guess you can't really snuff out hope. Yeah. Like, it's hope. 
Yeah. And he had, he had a cold line though at the end before he left though, when she was like, you know, at some point we are gonna come back and destroy you. And he was like, yeah, you might think I have no power here, you know, because I'm the king of dreams. He's like, but tell me, you know, oh, we're here in hell. And they have to dream, basically have to dream about heaven. So even here, he's got some, some, mm -hmm. she had like no answer for that. She was like, oh. She was crying. She was like, yeah. whoa. Like, yeah, she was shook. Does no one dream of heaven? Yeah, yeah. Directly, no directly at her. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even see about that point. It's probably her that she wanted to rule, had, you know, wanted mm -hmm. to rule, had, instead took her own kingdom down to hell. And uh, he leaves with his helmet. He puts the helmet on, and then Matthew's like, Can you see that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly yeah. where the ruby is. And we find out that uh, John wasn't lying. He'd actually altered the ruby, and no one else can use it now but him. Mm hmm. So when, when uh, Morpheus pops up in the little storage unit, looking like it's in some type of uh, shipping containers somewhere where he had, had stored it, he tries to use it, and then both him and Matthew get knocked out. And I guess John doesn't make any scene. Or he doesn't make any. He didn't notice that they're there. Stuff is being yeah, because they got like blown under some rubble or something. But he just sees it laying there in the middle of the floor. I guess he just like, I don't need nothing else. It's all I really want from here. He just picks it up and walks out. And there's a scare that I thought own girl was going to get. I thought he was going to kill her at the end. Okay. Like, Why didn't she drive away? That there. He says it. He's like, Why are you still here? Doing here? <laughs> because, okay, honey, you, pulled, you lied to him, got him to a gas station. You got the gas station clerk murdered, killed. Because you, like, granted... I like to have sympathy for the victim, but honey, you put yourself in this situation because you put some random guy in your car and then you felt unsafe. And instead of saying, oh, hey, can you go inside and get something? Or then you lie to him and say, hey, get anything you want, it's on me. Then you go to the gas station attendant and have him call the police. And granted, I'm proud of the guy for trying to stand up for her and protect her. That was like nice of the attendant to do, but he died. He lost yeah. his life because of you. Right. And all John had to say was, I have no intention of hurting you. I never had any attention of hurting you. Do, do you plan on lying or hurting me, or something along that mat, uh, something along those lines? And she's like, "No." He's like, "Well, then I don't need to hurt you." Yeah. It's like he never really intended to ever do her harm. Yeah, even no, though he, he was crazy. Him. Yeah. He was just trying. He kept at everyone who came after. He's like, "Please don't do that. It's gonna hurt yourself more." It was never really his intention to hurt people because yeah. he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, "I was in the psychiatric hospital for thirty years." Because you're not sane, but doesn't mean he's safe, but not safe, you know? Yeah. He doesn't want to hurt her. He never planned on hurting her. But honey, you got yourself in the situation. You're finally free of the crazy guy and you didn't just up and go. I would have backed out of that thing so fast yeah. and kept it moving. Yeah, she should have been gone. Yeah, Antonia says it was like an intellectual game of the dozens between uh, Morpheus and Lucifer. That's right. It was, yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have been gone as soon as he went to the thing and you at your destination, cool, I'm out. Yeah, me and Susie would have been out. We'd have been on our way back to back to our kids. <laughs> I wonder if he thought he would track her down, in which case it would, yeah, true. But again, uh, because she Open told her him, told him the city she lived in and the fact that she had two daughters and gave out the two daughters' names, <laughs> 
like had that not happened, then you would have been free to go and no one would, you know, he'd have to do some searching to find out who you are and where you were. But she was just giving up all types of info in the midst of her asking too many damn questions. Um, I will say it was nice that he ended up giving her the amulet of protection. He's like, you never have to be afraid or lie ever again. Here you yeah. go. He's like, I have my ruby. I'm good. And it's like sort of interesting because I feel like he was sort of almost shaped up to be the villain, sort of. Yeah. But he's not really the villain because he never intended to hurt people. Yeah. It's just that was the happenstance of the amulet that was there to protect him from other people trying to hurt him. Um, well, at least so far, so far, because I don't know what's going to happen in, yeah. in the next couple episodes now that he has the ruby. Because um, at the end, he says, like, I'm now trying to save the world. And now that's villain talk right there. That's yeah, villain talk. Yeah, thinking he's doing something <laughs> good. Not only that, I'm like, he thinks he's safe because he has the ruby and, and I know it's not going to work out the way he thinks it's going to work out. And unless he has something we don't know about, homeboy's going to have to sleep in which if you sleep, he can get you and you're going to, it's like, this is like a nicer looking Freddy Krueger. He can just pop up in your dream with you or find you wherever you at. What's up? Yeah, oh, we dream at the beach again? Oh, that's nice. Wake up. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yes, yeah, so I like both of these episodes. Um, they were interesting, uh, very different takes on a lot of the things that we do see over and over again. I'm sure Joanna Constantine will be back. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Rosemary and that Amulet of Protection pops back up again. It's probably going to have to, but the person that traded the amulet for the helm is gone now. I assume. I, well, we don't know. We don't see him dead, but he got tossed off into the rest of the demons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he may, he may, well, since I can't get you know, what I traded it for, I'm going to go try and take it back. I don't know if that if that's going to happen. And then maybe John has to, it might be a weird that John has to defend Rosemary because it's like, it's the one person on this planet I like that's not selfish. Yeah. <laughs> ne- but next time, honey, be selfish. Don't let him into your car. Yeah. Do not let strange people into your car at night, ever, yeah. really. But especially not at night. Yeah. Well, this is fun. Thank you again for, uh, chatting about these things with me uh everybody that's checking us out on the live uh appreciate it uh don't be shy go ahead to anchor and check out the Ascari cast where we put the audio up um on anchor uh google Podcasts, itunes and spotify and other places where you can catch podcasts don't forget to uh, check out andrea rose washington and monica pinkett Trekking Beyond, explore strange new worlds with us. Yes, sir. Their podcast is also available on Anchor and all the other places where podcasts are broadcast. Check them out as well. And if you're interested in sci-fi and fantasy, there'll be links in the description to both my author website and Andrea's Patreon page where you can support her as well. Thank you all, and we will talk to you next time.